Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. On today's episode, Joy and I had the privilege to talk to Mike Beaumont. Mike is one of the co-authors of the Christian Basics Bible, which is an NLT Bible which has great supplemental content for new believers or if you're someone who has been a Christian for a long time but maybe you've fallen out of practice of studying the Bible or maybe you're not as informed about the Bible as you think you are and you feel like you need some basic building blocks to get you started on some deeper study. Mike has over 40 years experience as a pastor, professor, author, and broadcaster and now he's semi-retired and continues to mentor young leaders and help develop training courses as well as speaking at conferences and theological colleges across the world. He has contributed to the NIV Thematic Study Bible, the NIV Bible Handbook, and his books include the One Stop Bible Guide and the New Lion Bible Encyclopedia. It was a pleasure to talk to Mike about his life, uh, how he became a writer, and, and how his experience as a pastor was very helpful in informing his work on the Christian Basics Bible. So please enjoy this episode, and if you want to learn more about the Christian Basics Bible, you can visit Tyndale.com or go to ChristianBasicsBible.com. Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show today. Hey, um, my pleasure. Uh, if, if you could start out and just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got um, involved in creating Bible projects like the Christian Basics Bible. Sure. Well, I going back, I became a Christian at the age of 18, went to university, had got a career plan, but during that time, God called me to be a pastor. I was a high school teacher for a couple of years because I felt it important to get some work experience before just going to train as a pastor. And then I went and did a theology degree at London School of Theology and spent 40 years as a pastor in the cities of Manchester and Oxford in England. But one of the things really from that first day when I became a Christian at 18 was I was so appreciative that people not only helped me understand what the gospel was in a way that I could understand it, but actually then took me under their wing to disciple me and mentor me. And I think that got in my Christian genes, therefore, really early on, this passion to help people understand God's work for themselves and and to apply it. So there's always been that background in what I've done, whether it's been as a pastor or a visiting prof in seminaries or writing other issues, which prepared the way for this project that we're launching right now with Tyndale. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, as you, you're talking a lot about your passion to help people understand and apply God's word, and as clear as it can be in certain translations, sometimes we just miss it. We miss context. We don't understand how Christ and his stories throughout the Bible. So tell us a little bit about the Christian's basics Bible and then why you feel it's so important to spell those basics out, even for believers who have been in the faith for a while. Yeah, sure. We actually got to writing this Bible um, almost by accident, mm -hmm. um, which I like God's accidents because you suddenly <laughs> discover something that you weren't planning. My co-writer, Martin Manser, and I were writing a, a pro bono piece of work for Myanmar, or Burma, as it's more commonly known. 
And while we were in the middle of that, we were trying to write things really simply. And Martin said to me one day, uh, hey, this is really good. We should try and rework this and see if there's a bigger market than the pro bono stuff we were doing. So we started to work that, work with this idea of producing a Bible edition that particularly would, would do two things. It would meet the needs of people who had just become Christians, but who came from a completely non-Christian background. And you know, they, there's more and more people like that these days. People who didn't go to Sunday school, didn't have a Christian background. They know nothing when they come of the Bible story or themes or, or ideas. So we thought if we could help write a Bible that assumed nothing, and help them get into not just Jesus saved me, but the whole story of the Bible and where they fit into God's plan. That would be great. So we started to work with that, but then also realized there are a whole number of Christians these days who, for whatever reason, haven't always like got into the Bible. It somehow passed them by. They don't see the importance of it or they don't see the big story. So we started to pull those two themes together. And uh, Martin sent our ideas along to Tyndale because we thought that would be particularly suitable, particularly with the New Living Translation, which is so fantastic, so readable uh, for people who don't come from a, a religious or faith background. And uh, the next thing we knew was that two of your big guys, Doug and Blaine, were on a plane to London. They were heading elsewhere, in fairness. And they stopped off in London to see us to talk about this project. And as we talked, we found actually a joining of hearts. Mm. We found that Tyndale's passion was to make the Bible accessible and understandable to mm. people. And that's really what we wanted this project to be a Bible, one, for new Christians who've got no Christian background at all, don't understand stuff, or two, people who've been Christians maybe for a while, but somehow the Bible's passed them by. And as we talked and as Doug and Blaine stretched us and gave us an even bigger vision than what mm. we had, and we said, oh, my goodness, what have we let ourselves do for you? <laughs> but, hey, it started to come together, and we're really excited with this project that we've ended up with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I need to talk to Doug and Blaine about inviting me to come to London next time because I, <laughs> I always miss out on those trips somehow. Yeah, he said that you had to stay back and oh. look after the. <laughs> yes, uh huh. <laughs> Are there any um, particular features in the Bible or notes that stand out to you as um, that would that are going to be particularly helpful to people? Yeah, um, I think there are some things that make this Bible a bit unique. I mean, all of us know there are so many Bible editions out there these days, don't we? I mean, man, you go to a Christian bookstore, you hardly know where to begin. And if I'm honest, as a pastor, I've sometimes got frustrated when I found yet another edition coming out. And I've visited countries where they don't even have one Bible edition yet with any helps. Mm -hmm. So what makes this one different? Why should people buy this one? Well, I think I'd sum it up with like three main things that I think are designed to help both the new Christian from the non-Christian background and people that the Bible is passed them by. The first is, each of the Bible books has got an introduction to it, but it's, it's written really simply. There's a short paragraph summarizing both the content, but, but where this book fits in God's big story. 
and there'll be a, a storyline and an overview and it especially ends up with a what does this mean for us today so what should i be looking for as i read this particular part of the bible so the introduction is really helpful for new christians second then dropped into the text all the well, there are notes on a whole variety of topics over 500 of them on biblical cultural social moral themes but always written in simple language non-technical language again we christians forget pretty quickly how we use a jargon the new christians find it really hard to understand so these notes are written really simply so the introductions the, the notes dropped all the way through and then at the back there's some really sweet things there's a section called basic truths of the christian faith and this is a sort of expanded dictionary almost. So you could look up a particular word or theme, and that might be biblical or theological or just really practical, like drinking or how you should live as a Christian. And you can look up these uh, themes at the back, and then you'll be directed with a whole number of scriptures with comments to see how that issue is tackled all the way through the Bible so you can get a good overview and build an overall picture of what the Bible says about this issue that's on your mind. So some great introductions, simply written, some great notes, again, simply written, not in technical terms, and at the back, these basic truths, oh, and a glossary, a glossary, a, a simple dictionary definition so that if you come across a word in the Bible, justification, my goodness, what's that mean? Yeah. You don't use that word every day in life. <laughs> you can look it up at the back. There it will be, once again, simply explained and to cap it off, a visual overview of the Bible. Some incredible infographics at the back. I can say in incredible because I didn't do those. <laughs> Some of the clever people at Tyndale did. Hmm. But they're great and they put into visual form something of the Bible story for people who see things uh, in pictures rather than in words. So I think those three overall features make this Bible stand out and all the way through written for people who've got no religious or Christian background. It's going to be great to help mm. that sort of people or again, people for whom the Bibles just pass them by. Mm. That's really incredible, Michael. What I've, what I've been thinking about as you're talking is how this could be a tool for pastors or small group leaders that say, I feel ill-equipped to share my faith or I don't know all the answers. How can I minister to those who are in the faith or who have a lot of questions? I specifically, my husband and I are leading a small group and have a young lady who doesn't know the Lord. She's in our group and is just curious about kind of what the Bible says and has very intriguing questions. And yeah. I can imagine how this Bible would be a great resource for her. I think it will. And the thing that it will say help your small group do or pastors or small group leaders do is perhaps to start from the questions that people have. You know, sometimes in church, we're really good at giving profound cosmological answers to questions no one's really asking. Mm -hmm. And they're asking much simpler things. But yeah, at the back of this book, in that basic truths section, some fantastic resources there. But you could just well, what is your question? Let's look up that word. Let's look up that theme and then steadily work through the Bible together and say, come on, God, what what are you saying about this issue in the story that you unfold? So I think it will be a great resource for that. 
Mm -hmm. That's incredible. How, Michael, did this affect your faith? So I'm sure as a pastor, you're, you can give those profound answers with all of this theological background. Was it a challenge for you to simplify some of this? Yes, it always is. But one of the things I've always believed is that the better you understand something, the simpler you can make it. Mm. When you can sum it up in one sentence, you've got it. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of training of preachers and I always say to them, what's your sermon about? And they give me a long paragraph and I say, no, 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 you've no idea what your sermon is about. Now tell me in one short sentence. Mm -hmm. Then they get it. They've got the heart of it. Making things simple, I think is, is so important these days, but it remains a constant challenge. It's something I've loved working at for what over 40 years as a pastor now. And you never get to the end of it because the culture around you is constantly changing. Vocabulary around you is constantly changing. So you're constantly having to think, do you know what? My illustration for this 10 years ago doesn't work any longer. Um, but it's just great to be able to do it. But it has challenged me. There are times when I've sat there in front of my computer and tried to get it right. And then I've sent something off to my wonderful editor at Tyndale, who did such a fantastic job. You know, he's so sharp. Wouldn't let me get away with anything. So make no. sure that what we were writing was 100% theologically accurate mm -hmm. as well as simple. So I think between Tyndale and us as writers, we've got there at the end, have something that's profoundly theological but profoundly accessible and that to me sounds a bit like what jesus did with sharing god's word mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i imagine one of the things you probably had to do as you were writing this is put yourself in the shoes of a new believer and yeah try to almost forget everything you know and read what you've written and make sure that it, it makes sense yeah um, in that process was there anything any new realizations you came to about new believers um, since it's been a long time since you've been one uh, that you discovered while, while, while writing this? Yeah, and you know what? That's a really good point. It is a long time since I became a believer. It's about 50 years since I gave my life to Jesus. But one of the things I've always tried to do is to make sure I meet with non-Christians and rub shoulders with them. And not just for the purposes of evangelizing, sometimes just for the purposes of being a friend, getting alongside them and listening to the language. So it is often a challenge, but I, I do genuinely try to mix with non-Christian people and listen to their language. Now, some of it you wouldn't want to put in a Bible, that's one thing for sure. <laughs> but you know, some of it you discover that they are saying things or asking things or maybe saying things that you believe as a Christian, but they've put it a different way. And I think it's it's been trying to find that accessible way. Because what we want for these new believers is what Jesus wanted. We want them to become disciples. We want them to grow. And we want them to become all that they can be in Christ, not mini replicas of me or of you guys. And so trying to get them to use their language with their circle of friends uh, is is important when they're sharing the gospel but then that spills over to me but then, yeah there have been lots of challenges when i've had to think man 
you know what? I've just explained that, and it went completely over their head. Mm-hmm. You know what? Every time you do that, it makes you stop and think, so how am I going to do it differently? Mm-hmm. And I've just had to constantly do that for the last 40 years. And you know, I really hope that this Bible is going to help people to engage with both the serious searching non-Christian. You could put this Bible in the hands of someone who says, well, I want to know about this. Put this Bible in their hands. It will help them. Mm-hmm. And for that new believer who's not got the Christian background that, you know, so many of us have. It's interesting, the other day I went into a, a bookstore in a small town here in Colorado where I'm visiting my uh, daughter and son-in-law and grandson. And as we walked into this bookstore, there were shelves upon shelves of spirituality. It was the first thing that hit you in the bookstore, probably reflecting the store owner's thoughts, I would think. So I went round, hunting round, I eventually found Bible on two shelves, right at the back of the store, and the books all put sideways, not even presented properly. Now maybe that did represent that store owner's own views, but you know what? It also reflects increasingly the culture that we're in, where real faith, relationship with Jesus, really coming to grips with the Bible, is pushed right to the back and, and sadly even in some christian lives as well so we're really hoping as a team aren't we that, that this bible is going to help shake things up a bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely so michael as you look at the christian culture both in europe where you live and then in the united states what are some trends that you've noticed and or how would you encourage a young pastor who sees the church is becoming more and more individualistic, that, you know, the millennial generation not being as involved, people who look at the church as something to consume rather than to contribute to. What wisdom would you share? Yeah, church in the West has become uh, a real consumer society, hasn't it? Which, when you look at it and then compare it with the original message of Jesus, which tends to be all about give, 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 rather than get, get, get. So we have some big challenges, I think particularly through the postmodern culture that we live in, that is both very individualistic, it's what's good for me, hey, if that works for you, that's sweet, <laughs> but it doesn't work for me. It's very individualistic, it's, it's very self-centered in many ways, and yet, in many ways as well, postmodernism and the younger generation do have a heart for people and concerns beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. Certainly in Europe where we are, young people have got a bigger concern for those in need than I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my lifetime. And for me, what that does is it gives us a way in as pastors and as Christians. It gives us a way in, and rather than us doing what we've often done in our evangelism, which is to stand in a pulpit or stand on a street corner and say, hey, you're all sinners, Jesus needs to save you, which we really believe. But you know, we're shouting a message sometimes that just doesn't connect with people. And I think one of the things that we can do these days as pastors and as Christians is to find where our faith connects with this non-Christian world around us mm. through the things that they are concerned about and said, you know what, you may not have understood this before, but Christians are concerned about that as well. Actually, we're more concerned 
and begin to show them what it was that Jesus talked about things like this. So I think we're looking for points of connection mm -hmm. rather than people just to be preached at and shouted at. And I find when I connect with people like that, there's a genuine openness to spirituality and to talking about Jesus. Again, I think this Bible will have certain features that will help people mm -hmm. think about that because, again, it's not using really religious language all the time. It's looking for that point of connection. So mm -hmm. advice to young pastors, look for the point of connection. Mm -hmm. Don't just preach in the old way that we used to do. Because that's what Jesus did, look for the points of connection again and again and again. And his message just broke through and brought release and freedom and life to many, many people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's well said. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and um, you mentioned this earlier, and we're a little biased here, but uh, the, the text is the New Living Translation, um, which I think is the perfect translation to pair with this Christian Basics content. So we're, we're really excited about that. Absolutely. I mean, there are, we all know there are many translations available. And the truth is some are better for close study of the original text mm -hmm. than others. Uh, we wouldn't push NLT, I'm sure, as one of those that you would use if you were doing a close word study of something. Mm -hmm. But what New Living Translation is fantastic for is making God's word accessible. And I really want to appeal to people to sort of take off our Christian heads, as it were, at times and, and think, yeah, we think like that, but not everybody thinks like us. How can we get into their thinking so that we can help them then get into Christian thinking? Translation is just great. It makes God's word so easy to read, so accessible. And do you know what? Maybe I'll get fired for this. But if someone were to take this Christian basics Bible, and use it for two or three years to really get foundations into their faith and then move on to another Bible edition or another translation, there'd be nobody happier than Martin and I because we would feel we'd done what this edition was all about, helping get foundations in. And what do you put on foundations? You build stuff, you mm -hmm. do something with it, you go somewhere and you make a difference. It's amazing. Michael, you inspire me. I'm excited to get a copy of this for myself. And my husband is actually a pastor, so it'll be great to share this with him, and he can share it with his fellow pastors as well. Yeah, yeah, we really need him to do that. You know, <laughs> give him a free copy, help yeah. him to, you know, promote wherever yes. he goes. Listen, there's nothing like a free copy of something to get pastors to read that, you know. Very I hope you guys have that book. Pastors like having things on their bookshelves, too. That's true. Yeah. We want them to read this one as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, read them, put there. But yes, Michael, if there's is there a way for people to learn more about the Christian Basics Bible? Of course, we have Tyndale.com. Yeah, go online. Look at Tyndale.com. Uh, get to your Christian bookstore. You know, the best thing is go to the Christian bookstore and get it off the shelf yeah. uh, and look at it. And in fact, from the minute you pick it up, you're going to see it's different because even the cover is different. One of the things that Martin and I asked for when we were invited to put our thoughts into how the thing should look was we said, you know what, we'd really like it not to look very religious. So could we please have a Bible that doesn't say Holy Bible and have a cross on? Because I hope people know that the original text didn't say Holy Bible and have a cross on anyway. It's just tradition. 
And we wanted a book that sort of looked different. So it's got building blocks on the front. Really, it grabs you as you look at it. This, this is a Bible that's going to help you build the blocks of Christian life in, in your own life. So it looks different. Go and, go and get it off the shelf. Look at it. You're going to see that it's presented crisply, cleanly. You're going to see the helps are fantastic. Just get along to your Christian bookstore and buy one. And inevitably, you can buy online as well from all the usual retailers. Okay. And you can't get to turn the pages there. Right. But it's good anyway. Just order it. Get it. <laughs> Pass it on to a new Christian. And my heart, my passion is that we'd start to see this as the number one book to go to for people who've just become Christians, especially from a non-Christian background. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Sorry. Well, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. We're so grateful for your time. We hope you enjoy the rest of the time with your family. Thank you, John Adam. It's been great to be with you guys as well. I'm going to get back upstairs now and go and play with my little two-year-old grandson and see if he's still watering the backyard. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank we you. appreciate you. Appreciate it. Bye -bye. Good to see you guys. Yeah. God bless. Bye. Bye.